0: Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K. A. Owens. I'm K. A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM WFMP-LP Louisville Forward Radio. So uh, we are live streaming now, and if you go to forwardradio.org, you can listen to us there. And also, if you go to forwardradio.org. Uh, uh, go to podcasts and archives. You can listen to all the shows going all the way back. So, folks, again, I'm K.A. Owens. I'm the host of On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and we are blessed and favored to have Tony Watson here with us. Tony Watson is a former chair and longtime member of the Kentucky Alliance Against Racist and Political Repression, uh, located here in Louisville, Ken, uh, Kentucky. Uh, also, a uh, 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 Good, good family man, raised his family right here in Louisville, um, uh, work for MSD. uh, uh. And so, Tony, welcome. uh, uh, Welcome to our show.
1: Thank you, Kirk.
0: So, uh, Tony. uh, Uh. we're going to tell some civil rights stories, but let people know how you. How did Tony Watson get to get to Louisville? I mean, Tony Watson, uh, of course, uh, worked very closely with the legendary Ann Brayton and many other civil rights figures. Going back, going back, uh, uh, you know. But how did Tony Watson get to Louisville in the first place?
1: Okay, I was transferred uh, by my company to Louisville, Kentucky, by Hugh Bryan, and then uh, in the seventies we had problems with the bussing and the burning of black homes and uh, Anne took me under a tutelage and from there I was a director of the Kentucky Alliance and eventually winding up being the chair of the Kentucky Alliance and there were many issues back then um, the Michael Newby um, we can go on and on and then one of the big projects was when the KKK come to town, we organized in our Town, and the have been back since. The uh, Fisher pack in, And then we had um, a numerous, uh, we had, we campaigned for black uh, police chief at the time. And that was done craftly with Ann Bradent. That's a handful of people, really. And we wrote many letters to the mayor then and um we made many calls just four people and we were successful in getting him mayor abramson at the time to hire um chief Chief, um, robert white yes our first black um police chief
0: so folks just so you know uh the kentucky alliance against racist and political repression is a over 40 year old civil rights organization uh, that had his ancestry with the National Alliance Against racism and Political Repression, which was founded by the people who had helped get Angela Davis, the legendary Angela Davis, out of jail all those years ago. And then, and so, uh, uh, Angela wanted the people who had helped her to help other people, particularly around issues of um, uh, p- uh, police and prisons. Uh, uh, we didn't have the term prison-industrial complex. I didn't hear that expression until the late 90s when Angela started um, putting putting those three words together. But, um, and so you had uh, uh, chapters all across the country. Originally, the Kentucky Alliance was a chapter. And then when that old structure started to break down, Kentucky Alliance became independent. Right now, there are sort of two alliances left. One is Chicago. and. One is uh, here in Kentucky, where the, the one's sort of left standing. And of course, those organizations part of the legacy of uh, uh, Carl and Ann Braden, who both passed on. Carl Braden died in 1975, and Ann Braden, uh, legendary Ann Braden, uh, uh, died in 2006. Uh, if you read the uh, unabridged version of Letter from Birmingham Jail uh, by Martin Luther King, he mentions Carl Ann Braden as white people who really understood what needed to be done. So, uh, Carl Ann Braden, legendary white anti-racist. So, uh, so, so, Tony, uh, uh, what was Louisville like in those days back when you came along? I mean, um, uh, who was around? Uh,
1: well, uh, back in the seventies. You know, Ann Brayden and myself, we had a lot of issues, and it was, um, they had a lot of lining, a lot of rejection of, you know, African-American people and foreigners, and then we sort of broke a barrier on that. Uh, Bullitt County, for example, and um, the housing problem. And then we had that uh, police problem, so we solved it and We had newsletters and newsletters went out all the way from the governor's office all the way down to the local mayor. And they all read it and they all responded to the alliance and um, we had some good response. Yeah. Well, the catalyst was Ann Braden and uh, we had a lot of tricks up our sleeves to get to the politicians and the governor and the mayor and uh, we used them to our... (laughs) Best
0: of our ability to get some good results. So, so many great people. I, uh, uh, I remember when I came in uh, to the Alliance. There was uh, uh, Bob Cunningham, uh, Tom Moffat, Antonio Wycliffe. Uh, I met them, and they they invited me into the Alliance. Uh, uh, in those days, the Alliance had. Uh, two meetings a month, a board meeting and a general meeting, and I would come to both and I would just learn, I would just listen and learn. Different people would come in with issues. Um, uh, Politicians would stop by, community activists would stop by, just regular people would stop by with issues and concerns, and of course the the building, 3208 West West Broadway, uh, just a very, very educational process to learn about how the city of Louisville works from the point of view of ordinary people, grassroots people who are, you know, have issues of concern and trying to move society forward. So that's that's what I remember from from when I came in. Some of those great people, uh, uh, Maddie Mathis, Rhonda Mathis, uh, just really really great great people. And we have Coleman. Yes, yes, yes. So. Ann uh, Brayton had a great relationship with uh, the late Reverend Lewis Coleman, uh, and uh, he was pastor of First Congregational Methodist Church and leader of the uh, Justice Resource Center. And so there were certain people back in those days that would hold conversations at, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, and whatever they talked about at 10 o'clock at night, that was what would happen the next, the, the next day.
1: Well, I, sh- I should mention that... Um, a lot of history is still back out at University of Louisville and uh, we there's the Braden Center there at University of Louisville and a lot of um, good information can be found there.
0: Absolutely y'all uh, the Anne Braden Institute for Social Justice Research is located at the University of Louisville is on the second floor of Ekstrom Library second floor. Um, uh, uh, Kate Fossil was the founding director and now of uh, Brandon McCormick uh as, as, as uh, wonderful uh, Kate Fossil of um, the biographer of uh, of Anne Braden. Uh, 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 she wrote the book uh, Subversive Southerner about Anne Braden and uh also, uh, so, uh, uh also founding director of the Anne Brayton Institute for Social Justice Research at the University of the well,
1: one month. I uh, remember one incident that we brought to the that we brought to life was the uh rubber town and it, it emitted a lot of toxic chemicals in the air and, and people in the West End uh, quite a few of them were coming up with cancer and stuff like that and the alliance took over the fight and um were able to get the Roman hats and the other companies down there to reduce the those emissions so although it wasn't a 100% success but it was you know a step in the right direction
0: so folks I'm uh, talking about Louisville Kentucky uh uh Louisville Kentucky uh I don't know 750,000 people something like that, that I looked up but anyway we have an area of town called Rubber Town and the reason it's called Rubber Town is because during World War II there was a shortage of natural rubber to Make the things that we needed for the war machine, uh, as we had to provide equipment for armies all over the world, and so the, the scientists came up with a way to make synthetic rubber, right? Synthetic rubber. Yeah. And uh, and so Louisville, the way it's, Louisville is, sits right on the uh, Ohio River, and it's sort of a crossroads to, This is, of course, this is before we had the interstate highway system, but it's a it's a a, a transportation hub then and now because you had railroads coming in, you had the Ohio River. So it was a good lo- take, good location for a variety of factories that had to do with making synthetic rubber for you know airplane tires, automobile tires, whatever type of rubber that was needed for the machinery uh, to make machinery work in the absence of uh, enough of uh, natural rubber i.e. I. I. rubber town
1: It was a synthetic rubber. Yes. And and it in order to make that synthetic rubber, it emitted a lot of um, toxic chemicals in the air. And it only affected the west end.
0: Yes, yeah, so rubber town so, when the river makes that uh, southward the High River is the northern border of Kentucky, then it makes a uh, a left turn to go south, right? And then uh, Rubbertown is sort of in that uh, left turn as the Ohio River uh, goes south. So it's, it, it runs by the the west end of Louisville, which is from 9th Street to the river. Uh, and so, yes, so that's what we're talking about, folks. For folks- and,
1: and, and it was discovered back um, in 19... 19- 19... 19- Eighty-three, that the folks in the West End were coming down with cancer, and although the, the alliance brought it to light, they all this company along the, along that uh, avenue, they denied it. So th- we built protests, and but I have U uh, of L, University of Louisville, they uh, had some tests done and confirmed what we were saying all along, and. Sadly, they made some concessions, but not all. So recently, I don't think we have been monitoring the situation down there, but I think we need to again. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yes, so um, in a a place like Louisville, uh, which was uh, kind of a a manufacturing city as far as the south, goes because we we still have two ford plants here and once upon a time we had international harvester and the chemical plants were were and are a source of jobs so uh the the people of louisville they kind of want to keep the jobs but without the poison without the cancer so that's the whole uh the the situation with the chemical plants we want to keep the jobs but without the poison uh And so it depends on how much money the companies want to spend uh, to scrub out uh, 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 toxic uh, waste.
1: That was not the only one company. We had the power company, we had to request that they put scrubbers on their towers uh, to cut in some of the acid rain. We had that issue. LG&E.
0: That's LG&E. Yes, Louisville Gas and Electric.
1: So we had to have them engineer scrubbers on their emissions in order to reduce the acid rain.
0: Also, you
1: had other companies in that avenue such as um, MSD, which emitted a lot of gases from the um, processing of heavy metals. So Um, We had quite a number of companies in that area. The um, processing of uh, fuels by marathon, it also emitted a lot of toxic um, air. It's a lot of toxins. So there are a number of companies that were pumping all these toxins only in the West End. It did not go very far. It stayed in the West End and which is primarily African-American, and that's the, the, those are the folks that it affected without punity. And the mayor did nothing, nobody did anything until the alliance stepped, stepped forward and um, made some demands.
0: So there was a situation in the Western because of that that you would get a residue on your house or on your car from the emissions from lungs, the plants. Yes, 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 in, in your lungs, in yeah. you too, but yes. But it was very noticeable on people's houses and cars uh, who lived in the West End. So, yes. Uh, it
1: became noticeable when people uh, filled up with cancer. Yeah. Yes. They bought out some of the houses, but that was not the solution. Yeah. So well, there are other issues. We had um, uh, Michael Newby, we had Fisher Packing, we had UPS, and um, I think recently they wanted to put up um, uh, Walmart and Eighty Street, which didn't do much for the community. So we had to protest that too. I don't know much about that protest. I wasn't there, so
0: so, uh. And
1: then, then we also had the emissions from uh, Philip Morris.
0: Yes, yes. So, Philip Morris, uh, uh, tobacco processing, uh, they made cigarettes. And so, um.
1: But bottom line, the. the
0: 18th the of Broadway.
1: The whole West End, which was a majority African Americans, they were bombarded with these toxins. They were just inundated with them. So, Nobody the politicians would looked at it, and then and Braden and the Kentucky Alliance took it up, took up the fight so, yeah there's a lot so more there's some more to be done anyhow,
0: so folks yeah. don't know that Kentucky at one time was a big tobacco state uh and so and then you so you had tobacco companies there's growing tobacco uh out in the country, as we say, and then so sort of you had uh Tobacco processing facilities to make you know cigarettes and other tobacco products and so uh, uh,
1: and then the additives that went into it uh it created a cloud of toxins to, yeah yes during the processing that is. Yeah. so but it uh, was invincible, so the, the, you know they could smell it, but they couldn't see it. <laughs> So, but it affected
0: the whole community yesterday. So now, uh, Philip Morris is torn down and they've got, uh, built a new YMCA down there in, uh, in that same area. And uh, and they're also going to, uh, actually going to build the hospital new, and that's just amazing that first hospital built in the West End uh, in many, many years uh, that is generally ha- uh, in louisville hospitals are well always uh, until the new one gets built the hospitals are downtown or much further east Uh, so louisville is split down the middle by i-65 and that median income is higher east of i-65 and lower west of i-65 so um, uh, we've had city county merger i went through on the ballot 2000 put in place 2003 and so Louisville and Jefferson County became the same political entity, uh, split in half by Interstate 65, which is a north-south. So, uh, so Tony, I, I know you've lived in other, other places. You're originally from the islands. You lived in the, the Big Apple. Uh, I've heard some people say that uh, they like living in Louisville because they feel like they can. It, it, it's easier to fix things here. That for uh, a person or a smuggler to fix things, get stuff done. So do you feel like it's? You feel like it was easier for you, or harder, or just about the same for you to get stuff done in New York or, or here?
1: I think New York, because they um, at New York University, uh, it was very few, uh, F blacks there anyhow, but they all came
0: out to, the, uh, to support the cause. Really. Okay. Good to all know. Did.
1: So. Uh, Kentucky is not; they, they don't get involved as much as New York. But I think the, the alliance walked that out.
0: Yes, yes. So, uh, so Tony uh, originally from the islands, New York, Louisville. Uh, now you're living in Florida now. So what? Uh, and of course, I've been told that uh, that the white people are, are moving to Florida because Ron DeSantis is there, and he's. Uh, doing his anti-woke thing. So uh, so what's Florida like uh, politically to you?
1: A total disaster. <laughs> There's no black history in the school, no black history in the colleges, no, no black books in the libraries. He's just anti.
0: Wow, wow. You, know, you, you, you,
1: you, can, you can teach uh, Jewish history you can teach Asian histories in the school, but yet the slavery started in 1619, the Holocaust started in 1942, they're 500 mi- 500 years apart, and then he's and then he's now on TV saying slavery did not happen. Come on, do the math.
0: So yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So so Tony, you've lived so in the islands.
1: Even though, even though Florida is a disaster when it comes to that, Kentucky needs to look closely at that, you don't know what's coming to Kentucky next.
0: Yes, well, we've got some of that same flavor here. Kentucky
1: Kentucky senators are Republicans, and they're going to copy the senators, so we have to be prepared. And that's the job of the alliance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of sad in a way that uh, the Republican Party today is not the Republican Party of uh, Theodore Mm -hmm. Roosevelt or Um, Ike Eisenhower, even Richard Richard Nixon, so uh, or even a Reagan. I mean, uh, uh, Nixon did some very. I mean, Nixon Nixon established the Environmental Protection Agency. So, uh,
1: but but this issue uh, should not be on the back of the Kentucky Alliance. You have the students at at University of Louisville, University of Kentucky, uh, Sullivan University. They all need to take up, take up the fight and run. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely.
1: Because yep. we did a similar job at um, New York University, so uh, University Lou, University of Louisville, need to go back and revisit what happened back in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and get the guards up.
0: Yes, indeed, and. In since you mentioned UofL, we just have to uh, we do really do miss Blaine Hudson who really just died too young. Yes. So folks who don't know, Blaine Hudson was a campus activist back in the 70s and was actually expelled for fighting for black studies and went back to school and got his bachelor's, master's, PhD and became the first black dean of arts and sciences uh, at the University of Louisville. So uh, and. Nobody understood better how to be an activist, a bureaucrat, a professor, uh, and to get stuff done in all three areas. Nobody understood all that better than uh, uh, the late Blaine. Hudson. Well,
1: well, you also you also had uh, Bob, um...
0: Doctor Macmillan.
1: Dr. McMillan, yeah. he's passed on. Dr. And Hudson, Dr. McMillan, yeah. Dr. Bob Douglas. Bob. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, some of the students that at the University of Louisville, they need to follow their example and pick up the ball.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Douglas just died in the past couple, couple of weeks.
1: Yes. Bob yeah. Douglas, right.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, they're so, going to gonna have a retrospective for uh, at uh, Speed Museum uh, June through October. So folks, uh, Speed Museum and, is... Uh,
1: and Dr. Uh, Dr. Bob Hudson, he always came to the, universe, to the Alliance meetings and he put his his perspective on where we are and where we're going and. I know he always brings students the few times he comes, but what we need to do is those students and those uh, um, students, not just Bob, but um, all the other guys that have come to the lab, they need to pick up the ball and follow up on what um, Hudson and Bob would t- Bob teaching. Bob Douglas
0: and uh, Dr. Mac, yeah. Dr. Joe Macmillan. Yeah, three great, great great individuals. Yeah. yeah. So very so they lucky. Need, they need to
1: pick up the ball because that's the problem we have. Uh, at the University of Louisville, they dropped the ball. You know, so when somebody dies, the work don't continue. So we need to make sure it continues.
0: Yes, or indeed.
1: They, what they do would be in vain.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah. So... Uh, so Tony, uh yeah you look at the world today, uh, I mean we've moved forward in some respects and in some respects it's it's the same as it all always was uh, uh, I mean we've got more you know blacks in positions and that sort of thing, but yet you look at with uh, you know Tyree Nichols in in Memphis where five black cops just pulled a black man out of a car. Didn't even talk to him and, and beat him and kicked him to death. And, and when I talked about it on this show, I attributed it to uh, uh, black self-hatred, which comes from white supremacy. Uh, white folks teaching blacks to hate themselves. So, well,
1: most of these uh, things you see happening today and in the news, it's the, the word that best describes it is complacency on our part. We're not passing the history down and saying, this is what happened in the 50s and 60s. So there's a break in the chain. It's now, everything is now quiet and nice and calm. So the kids that are coming out to high school now don't know what's happening. In fact, some of the kids in in college don't know what happened. And in order to know where you're going, you have to know where you came from. You got to know your history. Go back and read it. There, ever Anywhere you go now, they're trying to Kill the history. Bury the books. No. You know, we need to know. The peonage laws are still on the books. Let them read about it. The peonage law. They can take anybody that's black, uh, black men between age 11 and 70 and then without the trial, hire them out to companies. No, it's still on the book. And we, we haven't, it's not in use, but it's still on the books. We need to wipe it down. We need to, um, reconcile the um, Voting Rights Act. There's a lot need to be done.
0: Absolutely. The, unfortunately, the Supreme Court has, has weakened the Voting Rights Act, and so uh, yeah. I really believe that Joe Biden, uh, uh, Joe Biden, should uh, 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 entertain the idea of expanding the Supreme Court as uh, as quickly as possible. To bring it back into balance, the Supreme Court is completely out of balance and taking and taking.
1: In the year 2023, what we don't need, what the community don't need, is a lot of lip service. We need action.
0: There you go. There all you go.
1: These the penis laws, the Voting Rights Act, all these laws, anti-laws have been on the books for years, and nobody decided. Nobody has even attempted to take it off.
0: Right. So, you know? uh yeah, the Supreme Court is sort of reversing field uh unfortunately on a lot of important legislation cuz the composition of the of the Supreme well,
1: Court. Well, in my opinion, I think they're nonfunctional. They're just rubber stamping. Mhm. They're rubber stamping the agenda. Trump's agenda, you know. That's my yes. opinion.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So and it's not for, it's not they're doing nothing wrong. It's for us. We're the ones that are doing something wrong. It's for us to let them know that we're still alive. We don't like what they're doing. We need to tell them that. They don't understand that. So nothing just, you know, nothing comes easy. We need to get back out and, you know, write our op-eds. op-eds and Tom,
0: Tony, I want to thank you. folks. Tony Watson, folks, and uh, thank you so much, Tony.